politics, power, and the people. From Washington, D.C., this is The Week on the Hill. Our great American forces are prepared for anything. I don't know exactly which minute. We don't know exactly which day it would have been executed. But it was very clear. Qasem Soleimani himself was plotting a broad, large-scale attack against American interests, and those attacks were imminent. The president is issuing an executive order authorizing the imposition of additional sanctions against any individual owning, operating, trading with, or assisting sectors of the Iranian economy. The threat of Iran and the upcoming Senate impeachment trial of the president hang heavily over Washington. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and in a week that took the United States to the brink of war, the Senate is preparing to take up a war powers resolution while the House has passed its own. The yeas are 224 and the nays are 194. The current resolution is adopted. The vote, largely along party lines, came after extensive debate. We have a gentleman who gave his legs in service to this country, and yet we're apologizing to the Iranians? North Carolina Republican Mark Meadows arguing against the resolution and referring to another GOP lawmaker, Florida's Brian Mast, who put his life on the line during his military service. If you vote no, you understand that we would be justified to kill 100 Suleimanis for just one of our heroes. Republicans say the resolution undercuts the president's efforts to take decisive action against Iran. But Democrats say the president's actions have raised questions related to his long-term strategy for dealing with Iran. A shoot-first-and-ask-questions-later approach rarely turns out well. Colorado's Jason Crow, who served in Iraq. Among the many other Democrats speaking out for the War Powers Resolution was Maryland's Jamie Raskin. We should not be going to war in the name of the United States based on the word of one man. That's not the constitutional design. It must be the Congress itself. The House resolution is non-binding, but the Senate is also expected to have a vote soon on a War Powers Resolution sponsored by Virginia Senator Tim Kaine. The Democrats' resolution needs the support of at least four Republicans if it's to pass in the Senate. Two Republicans, Texas Senator Rand Paul and Utah Senator Mike Lee have indicated they'll support it. While most Republicans praised a Trump administration briefing to Congress on the recent deadly drone strike involving Iran, Lee was highly critical. It was probably the worst briefing I've seen, at least on a military issue, in the nine years I've served in the United States Senate. What I found so distressing about that briefing was that one of the messages we received from the briefers was, do not debate, do not discuss the issue of the appropriateness of further military intervention against Iran. And that if you do, you'll be emboldening Iran. The implication being that we would somehow be making America less safe by having a debate or a discussion. I spoke about the briefing with Maryland Congressman Anthony Brown, a Democrat who once served in Iraq. The briefing was a classified briefing from Secretary Pompeo and Esper and, and General Milley was woefully inadequate. There were a lot of conclusory statements made like, we believe there was an imminent threat. Uh, statements like, the intelligence was credible. But what we were there to hear are what are the underlying facts? So if you say the threat is imminent, what was the time, place, and manner of the threat? And we didn't receive 
receive that information. This was a classified briefing, not for public consumption, but for members of Congress sitting in a classified briefing. It certainly would have been helpful to understand the nature of that intelligence. And there were other things that we were, we were listening for, we asked questions about, we didn't get answers, were there alternatives, and also how does this fit into the larger scheme of things, right? What is the, we know what the goals of the administration are, to have a nuclear-free Iran, an Iran that is not exporting terrorism and supporting terrorism in the region, that's good. What's the strategy? And how does the assassination of General Soleimani fit into that strategy? How are you going to manage escalation? How are you going to ensure that we're not escalating? And I think many of us, certainly um, I, walked away from the classified briefing wanting to hear more. And what are your concerns moving forward, given what's happened with Iran and Iraq? My chief concern, obviously, is the safety of U.S. personnel, men and women in uniform, as well as diplomats abroad. I'm also concerned about the safety of U.S. persons here here at home, because I think that Iran has a lot of capability itself. We saw that last night with its ballistic missile capability, uh, but also through its proxies, uh, not just in Lebanon and Syria and in Iraq. But my concern is, is, is you could see retaliation here in the United States. Probability is, is low, but it, it certainly exists. So my chief concern is for the well-being of men and women in uniform uh, and for uh, American personnel. So while we may be having what some people call an off-ramp right now, this threat's not going away. I don't think the threat's going away. I think the sanctions, the maximum pressure policy is in large part why we're seeing this behavior uh, by Iran. I don't see it going away anytime soon. Another issue that's not going away, at least very soon, is impeachment. We are ready. We are proud of our defense of the Constitution of the United States. We are concerned that the senators will not be able to live up to the oath that they must take to have an impartial trial. But while House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has concerns, on Friday she announced plans to turn over the articles of impeachment in the coming week for the Senate trial of President Trump. She's directed House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler to prepare a resolution to establish House managers who will prosecute the case, as well as formally send over the articles, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. The decision comes more than three weeks since the House impeached the president amid battles over whether witnesses would be called at the outset of the trial. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has made it clear witnesses won't be called at the start and that he plans to follow the roadmap of the impeachment trial of former President Bill Clinton. All we're doing here is saying we're going to get started in exactly the same way that a hundred senators agreed to 20 years ago. What's good for President Clinton is good for President Trump. We'll get around to the discussion of witnesses. We got around to the discussion of witnesses after we got through phase one 20 years ago. There will no doubt be plenty of discussions and heated debate as the Senate prepares for what will be only the third trial for a sitting president in the nation's history. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and this is The Week on the Hill. 